Okay, so we're can... here. All right, this is fun. This is a, I, I like the I like the way that you've engineered this. This is very this is ingenuity at its finest. <laughs> okay, <laughs> What's up, girl? Thanks. How are you? I'm good. So I just want to tell everyone that we are live on my Facebook, Rick's Facebook. Um, if Instagram cuts out, because it might, you can find us there. Chelio Bourdine, the perception artist who transforms all the humanizing the icon episodes into beautiful works. Very talented, art. by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I try to hunt the energy today and then transform for us in this surreal time. We need some beautiful things and coming. Yes. So Chelio can get to work. He's going to start um, working with our energy. And I'm so excited that this is so phase fun. two. Episode one, phase two of humanizing the icon. Okay. Right on. So I'm going to turn my computer volume all the way down. And now we're here. Hi, Rick. Well, uh, hello, Jennifer. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? One of the most uh, original and talented filmmakers I've met in a very long time here in Hollywood. Whoa. <laughs> That's major. I'm very okay, impressed well, by you. I want to hear why after you tell us about your show because we've merged shows. Today is an experimental we episode. Have. <laughs> yes. I love an experimental episode. Well, do you want to tell us a little bit about, about Humanizing the Icon? And then I'll tell you guys a little bit about Viral Brand, but ladies first. Sure. So Humanizing the Icon um, is a concept that came out of uh, the making of my Mary Pickford film, Why Not Choose Love? Um, a Mary Pickford manifesto that is soon to be released. And I'd been exploring a lot about identity, celebrity, idolization, um, these different themes, persona. And uh, I, along with a group of artists, got invited to the Venice Biennale to curate an exhibit called Humanizing the Icon um, last year, where we explored not just pop culture icons, but also spirituality, mythology, um, and it evolved into all kinds of things. And so, wow. yeah, it was a beautiful exhibit and um, it just felt like such an important paradigm to crack open, like the danger of celebrity, the danger of this digital era, the beauty of it. Like, what are we curating? What is this about? And it's such an ancient practice to like craft, you know, persona. So, right, right. Um, we created this chat series and podcasts during the pandemic kind of you know riffing off of um that exhibit and it's just been really cool hosting that's the greatest so it came out of the exhibit then cool really cool i didn't realize that yeah the birthplace was uh venice italy wow very nice yeah. well from venice italy to venice beach <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly that's great oh wow yeah Really neat. And then you, um, and then for, for like the, the, as far as icons go, what, what made you, I'm just curious if you don't mind me asking. I mean, I feel like icons are such a, you know, a, a big part of today's world. I mean, it's like personal brand um, is sort of everything. It's like the, 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 the trend of developing personal brands has obviously come out of people's, you know, and all of a sudden when you speak or talk, you're on social media with, you know, a ton of people, right? So, so having, you know, having that, your brand's out there, you've got to think about your brand. Even, even a 13-year-old kid's got to think about their brand because what they're doing now publicly is 
going to be what's out there when they're, you know, 18, 25 years old. Yeah. I mean, it's like stuff on the internet doesn't go away. So it seems like, it seems like, uh, uh, you know, when I think about icon, I think about people developing their brand, so to speak. Right. Absolutely. That's like a massive part of it. That is it. I mean, when you look, look at the definition of icon, it yeah, is yeah. image, you know? So whether it's a button you push on a device or uh, yourself, so to speak, um, it is it is exactly what you just said. Oh, that's really cool. Super fun. Well, um, if you don't mind, I'll tell you get your, your audience just a little bit about Viral Brand. So Viral Brand are, you know, we, we're a company and we, we have a, a services side and we help brands go viral. And then the other side, we've been training people how to actually develop viral brands as well. So we've got a training and we developed a podcast series on our side because we're like, we, for people who are some of them who are clients, some people who are not clients, just kind of like all over the board, we absolutely love taking a look at things that are going viral online, specifically brands that are going viral. So not just like a normal random viral video, but but you know, how do we take a, a brand and and watch it go viral? Obviously, like probably one of the biggest great examples of that in the last couple of months is Ocean Spray. I'm sure you guys have seen Ocean Spray with dog face and and that whole that whole um, thing. So looking for you have it. Oh, okay. I, okay. You you haven't known me that long, but I kind of live under a rock a little bit when it comes to like <laughs> we'll pop get, culture. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna pull you right out of that rock. Yeah. <laughs> but we yes. So Spray's obviously been hugely viral in the last uh, in the last few months because there was a guy uh, dog face who uh, shot a video. Um, of him just, I think his car broke down and he was skating to work, you know, he's a skater, uh, 35 year old guy from, I think Oklahoma or somewhere like that. And he was skating and, and was drinking a bottle of, uh, ocean spray and was just doing a little selfie video on his, uh, on his path, you know, <laughs> and, uh, was, had a Stevie Nicks, Fleetwood Max song and it went, you have to, you have to this it went <laughs> like probably one of the most viral, uh, videos uh, of the year, I would I'd be pretty sure, like this to say. Amazing. So yeah, check it out. Um, but yeah, we, we're looking forward to having him on and talking to him and then the guys over at Ocean Spray um, about how that. So so for us, like we, we, we're, you know, my, I've spent my career and in, in my life's passion is helping brands go viral. And so when I see things that are happening cool like that, whether I'm involved in them or not involved in them, um, I love, you know, I love, I love talking about it. So at Viral Brand, our, our podcast people who are interested in helping their brand go viral or interested in viral brands, you know, what was that? How was that done? How do we do that? And so I've spent my whole life uh, really just making a science out of helping brands go viral. Um, and that's been a blast. So we just, you know, help people do that. So listen to the podcast and that's, that's what we're here for. But I think, uh, Jennifer, I think for you, um, you know, you've got this unbelievable journey that you've been that you've, that you've been a part of for like a decade now, with Mary right? Pickford. Yeah. With and Mary I would Pickford, say a yeah. hundred years ago, she went viral, you know? Yes. Yes. I know. And she, well, she was one of the biggest celebrities of, of the day, right? She was, she was, she was the first celebrity. She was the first movie star. The um, first, yeah. The first one that was like on, on a billboard on a had top billing somewhere. Is that correct? Yeah, she was the most famous woman in the world for wow. several years. Um, wow, wow, she wow. Was, she, yeah, she was coined more popular than the queen, but that's just a saying. You know, she was that big, though, in terms of um, notability and, and public adoration. So, and, so she was kind of the first yeah, Hollywood felt, icon then, right? Yeah, she, she was, um, she became famous before Hollywood was Hollywood. So she actually was the birth mother of Hollywood 
Um, she was. Yeah, this the is first... like in 1920s, or when did she kind of become famous? Uh, closer to 1910. Whoa! Oh my gosh! Wow! Okay, yeah. So she, she started up. acting on camera in in 1909, and okay. she had the first marquee in 1914. Wow! Wow! Incredible. So she she became she became um, a face beloved to the audience of what was called flickers at the time, which were movies, but they it. were just um, cheap entertainment for immigrants and poor people. Wow. And actors were considered kind of like a lower species of human. Like it, it was considered wow. a wow. shitty really? job. It was considered um, just what, you know, immigrants did to like help support their families and make money. And, um, they were discovering in real time that it was an art form and that there was like something magical to it. And, and um, audiences, wow. specifically poor people and immigrants started sending letters to the little you know studio where she worked, which was just a little shitty brownstone in, in like the Bronx. Wow. Um, sending letters saying, who's the girl with the curls? Like they wanted to know her name because actors' names weren't in the credits yet. Got and it. that was sort of the beginning of her advocating for actors to have their names in the credits so that A, their, their audience would know their name and also B, so that they would get credit for their work. Right. She didn't obviously know that with credit would come the invasion of the private life, would become the birth of celebrity because wow. fame wasn't a thing. Nobody was like aspiring to be that. Uh, I mean, if you were on Broadway, you understood it, that there were Broadway stars. But for these flickers... That wasn't a thing at all. Um, right, she actually right. was the first. She actually realized in real time that people were recognizing her on the street, that she thought she had something on her face one day because people were staring <laughs> at her. And she was like, oh, shit, they're recognizing me. Wow. Like, this, is, this is humiliating, but That's this amazing. is also a connection. Like She kind of realized maybe they're like family. Maybe they're like friends. She didn't know how to classify fans. Um, right that's interesting there was no agent really or publicist well, or anything and before it yeah. was like more like i mean we're talking you know actors obviously they had billing for plays right and so i'm assuming for you know for a millennia before i've been you know actors and plays and and i i think it makes sense like it was sort of like this this movie it sounds like what you're saying is that this new movie format was like more in like you know mass marketing entertainment compared to a proper play and then all of a sudden like you're in the screen and so it just kind of was being frowned upon as like the kind of cheap version yeah, of the play and, and, or something and like that. Yeah and if you were from kind of, Broadway were there like, was a long period where you wouldn't be caught dead in a flicker like you would not go there. Oh, Broadway, right. oh Broadway, Broadway was sophisticated and, wow. fl and flickers were yeah just nothing nothing to yeah, those people. that's wild. Yeah. That's so wild. Yeah. Well, they, they, um, the, the, I think for, for, you know, from my perspective, obviously, like it's, it's kind of interesting the transition right now because it's sort of like, I don't know, the, the, the yes. parallels between current day, current day actors and social media influencers who, social media influencers are like, sort of like the that flickers. new thing. And a lot of actors are like, yeah, they're the new flickers. And like, and a lot of actors are like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, a social media person because we work in Hollywood and we have our hand deeply in the Hollywood mm -hmm. world, deeply in the, the influencer world. And the two, a lot of times, like mm -hmm. there's a pretty big divide between the two. And 
and there's just now all actors now have social media they know they have to and so they've been working to kind of catch up on that like over the last few years but then the social media influencer is you know is providing content and that's all they have the actors are in like movies and tv shows and things like that and then the social media influencer that's that's their content but then you've got you know a social media influencer who has like you know a million five million followers i remember i was in a um i was in a uh on hollywood on the sunset strip with two of my friends who were like two of the biggest viners remember back at vine, yes. vine was going on yes. like a few years this is like four or five years ago um, I, don't know, I think about them and they have like over like 2 billion loops on Vine and I was literally went like they just got into Hollywood Heath and Zane their names and um, they just got into Hollywood and I remember we were sitting down at a restaurant and they were getting recognized yeah, yeah it's kind of like you're saying with Mary Pickford right they're going like they're kind of surprised to be in Hollywood being recognized because they just <laughs> yeah. moved to Hollywood from like Florida and they're like whoa I'm getting recognized in Hollywood on the Sunset Strip by like just random people it was kind of yeah. cool welcoming you know thing for them so it's kind of an interesting parallel like what was happening a hundred years ago and what's happening it's now it's like a, it's a complete cycle it's right. it's exactly what it's exactly what was happening Wow. It's just a, it's just a new it's a new technology. Just like then, it was a new technology. You know, yeah. So, so it's like a new form of content, and it's a it's it's a it's a new icon. Really, at the end of the day, it, I mean, it it's is. another way of becoming an icon. And we're you know working with Kylie Jenner right now on a campaign, and Kylie's you know obviously got two hundred million followers, and she's you know kind of came from a, a background of you know uh, of uh, uh, reality TV, and reality TV was you know twenty years ago was born and a lot of people were upset about reality tv you i w well i was one of them i was like, one like, of them i was like, just what? like this is humiliating <laughs> like they're yeah. really cheapening content what are they doing to our content there should be tv shows and scripted but unscripted work all of a sudden started really taking over and a lot of the hollywood the, the proper filmmakers were like really ticked off yeah it's just um for me, it was like as a humanitarian almost. I just thought like, what are we exploiting um, as humans in this format of so-called reality? But right, right. that's again what you, you get into thematically, which now excites me about reality in all these different formats, um, is again, like what is reality anyway? Well, that's a great point. You know, when I when I started getting into reality, on like an existential too. level, like what is it? Right, right. You know? That's so true. That's so, so true. So who are we I, to judge? Really, you know? Totally, totally. And I think the thing shift. People get a little shifty. They're like, wait, wait. What? They start to feel like they're not in control. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. It's really funny. But I mean, look, I mean, what's one of the things that's crazy for me is that, you know, when I started working just being a marketer in Hollywood, because I've worked on, you know, lots of movies, my, which my whole career has been around film and TV and other brands too, but entertainment's been, you know, a big anchor of ours, um, big anchor of mine. Um, and, you know, what was interesting is until like, I don't know, like 10, 10 years ago, maybe 15, if I'm pushing it, um, celebrities had no real access to their following, meaning they didn't have much power. The only way that they could reach their followers is these iconic people, you know, didn't have any connectivity to their followers. Unless they had like a, unless they had like fan mail, except for fan mail, think about it. Everything that they did, they want to get the word out. They were reliant on mass media or a movie studio or a publicist to get the word out for them or people Such like a me. Good point right they never had a megaphone to their own audience where they could like in a dime now 
now can help promote their movie and their projects, like with their, you know, because people mm. are following them. So, but it's a big shift and it's a big moment of empowerment for, for, the, for the actors, which I think is amazing because actors now all of a sudden can control their audience and are not, don't have to go through these Hollywood gatekeepers or these media gatekeepers. Yeah, and, I, and they're taking more control over their image, which is also interesting because there's a lot of like reinventing going on. And a, a lot of these actors who have been celebrities um, want to humanize themselves through their social media. And that's a good you know, point. And it's and it's that's like full circle. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and then it just like raises the icon. That, humanize there. Yeah, it's like I'm showing you at home. I'm showing you my home. I'm showing you my personal yeah, life. Yeah, absolutely. But, but still in like a curated kind of way, right? Like right, right. It's it's like a it's like a newborn new wave of celebrity, even with the ones that have historically been yeah, that's right celebrities. Well, I I think that that's another thing that's kind of interesting because, and I, that's where I love the the term humanizing the icon because I feel like I feel like you've got this. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of actors have made their money and made their careers by being somebody else. So they're kind of afraid or unsure how to be themselves. But with social media influencers, most of them have made their careers and money by, by, being, by, by, by being themselves. So a good example, actually a real example in my life is my sister-in-law is Annalyn McCord, who was the star of 90210 TV show. And then my wife is Rachel McCord. Rachel's a model and she does an immediate personality and she's known for just being herself. Annalyn's known for being an actress, right? Yeah. So, so there's just like kind of two different, and Annalyn's really made her personal brand really about helping, um, you know, remarkably and beautifully about helping um, children who have been yes. victims of sex trafficking and Rachel is all about women empowerment and you know and helping women of Hollywood and helping social media creators um, you know uh, uh, take control of building their own brands so she wrote a book called slay the fame game how to break into Hollywood and social media mm. without it breaking you as a person cool. so um, it's a great book and so um, so you know they're, they're both about helping and about helping women in, 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 in kind of different ways um, and they went through really tragic kind of childhood so there but it's, it's amazing to see them both you know flourishing and helping folks but i think that like you kind of have to decide what your brand's about right what do you want to be iconic for you know do you want to be some people talk about just being a like they're they're what what, what do people say they're, they're famous for being famous have you heard that term? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that? yeah 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 i don't yeah. even know where you're famous you're famous for being famous right like people said that to my wife before too <laughs> yeah well look i mean mary pickford became famous for being herself as an actress, which was really interesting because she didn't know much about crafting a persona or a brand. She became known as, um, because back in the day, like silent film, the style of acting was considered very like exaggerated and melodramatic, right? Cause you're not using right, your right. voice, you're just using your, your behavior. And right, she, right, right hated exaggerating so she was the most realistic uh style of actress at the time that preferred to use more of her natural expression and this is why it. they started sending in the letters about her because they could see themselves in her just with her subtle nuance now to us it still might look exaggerated but relatively speaking at the time she looks much more natural right 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 um, right 
And she wasn't sexualized as a public figure. She wasn't objectified. She wasn't afraid to like put her arm around the male crew members, but she also was such a fierce, powerful woman. And she was like, right. she didn't learn for a while much about turning on like airs of personality in order to like be a certain way in the public. So she actually became known for just being human. Like she really literally just that's became really, known for that. And we got really so cool. far from that. She was actually, from what I studied for 10 years, from what I could tell, um, the only one who had that actual moment in time really? to just truly be whatever she was um, well, for a period I of time. I think that's really fascinating because like so so you have this incredible movie um and you've been you've been you know developing this I, I was lucky enough to get to see a, a screener of this before anybody else I mean there's probably been some but you've had, you've had a screening or two I think yeah we had one screening one big screening less, less, well there was a there was a thousand a thousand people at the one screening right? <laughs> <laughs> oh there were a thousand yeah whoa that's a big screening it was a, a tribute to Pink Bird. There. It was it was a Hollywood for the event. I know, I know, right? We weren't even done with the movie I didn't know yet, you back then. Um, but we let it happen. So, yeah. Oh. By the way, by the way, my um, my unfortunately my 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 phone went out, so I'm actually listening to you here on my on my. Uh, okay, so are we done with Instagram then? Yeah, I'm done with Instagram. I was trying to log on to like I was yeah I was having trouble with that one, but yeah, we're done with that one. So we're we're back. Should I stay on Instagram? Be the be the. Yeah, I would stay on. Why not? They can hear you. They yeah, just that's great. You. I love it. That's perfect. I just stay on. Okay, I am alone on Instagram now, but you <laughs> will be able to hear Rick. Let's see how this works. Never I can actually keep my, uh, connect my, my, just, so I'm going to switch over to my Bluetooth on my, on my okay. computer. We're still on Facebook people, and you can see Chelio. Uh, I don't think went to my Facebook. It was like, it was interesting because I don't even know if it was really going to my Instagram. Don't worry about it. We can, because we're recording on Zoom for the episode. That's okay. the main thing. I'll republish it on my Instagram too. Yeah. Cause I was just trying to see, I was looking to see um who my followers were on because we are live right now so yeah let's keep the conversation going <laughs> okay great okay got it <laughs> we're, learning, we're, le we're learning new, new ways new ways new new ways of doing this i love it yeah okay cool yeah but i but i love like so you had a thousand so you had a thousand people and that was a big women's empowerment event who did you partner did you partner with anybody or how did you who all came so it was hosted by um it was called the Hollywood Women's Film Festival. It was like a first year of this event. And we were an opening night, like tribute to Pickford at the wow. original United Artists Theater that was restored by uh, the Ace Hotel, you know, downtown. So the Ace was- Oh, nice, yes. I've yet to go there. How, how was the, the venue? Oh, Pickford hired the architect. That was her baby. What? Yeah. And Are you it, kidding me? It's a, magical architectural gem like it's a very very special place wow that's incredible that's incredible i i have i have not been there but i look forward to that, well, that you now, have to go now, you, now you've given me more reason to want to go yeah so, so pickford what i think is you know like this film i mean we're t tell me like let, let's get into like you know the the 
the guts of where this all came from for you because you've been a filmmaker you've been in Hollywood for a while you you have like you know your own personal journey um you know first of all where did the movie come from for you and then I'd love to hear about that because that's that's a fascinating you know story in its own right you know but I actually happen to know the answer to the question (laughs) you know to think about how this whole thing was born um I was finishing my first film that I directed called Billy Bates um, in Toronto and literally stumbled upon an exhibit in, a, in the Toronto Film Festival headquarters because Pickford's oh. from, from Toronto. Um, and it was called Silent Screen Legend, Mary Pickford. And I was with my producing partner, Julie. We had five minutes to kill in this building. And I was like, oh, let's go check it out. And we walked in. And I just saw like little snippets of Pickford's life and just had this really visceral kind of electrical like shock. I was like, how do I not know this woman? I completely felt this kindred spirited connection to her. This like sense of a role model I'd never had. This woman who created something from nothing. Um, Within five minutes, I grabbed Julie's arm and said, we have to tell that story. And (laughs) wow. It was like love at first sight. I mean, it just really happened that way. And then I started finding historians and the books and like all the things. And um, yeah. Wow. So cool. And then the, 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 the moment, I mean, that, that, that started from there, but I mean, did you, you knew, I think pretty much right away that you had to make a movie, a, a movie about this. And then did you, did you put it down for a while and then come back to it? Cause I know a lot of people, you know, whenever they launch a new idea, they're like, sort of like, can I start going through the self doubt? Should I really do this? Or did you just know? Not at all. I literally have been working on it for 10 years straight. Like I have not. It's amazing. There's not six months where it's like, oh, I'm going to go work on this and not that. Like it's literally had this like for some reason, just kind of vitality to it, whether it was like through the research or the writing, um, shooting, three years of editing, now like marketing. And it's, um, and I just keep learning more and more and more. um, But I never doubted it never doubted it Mm-mm. Yeah. honestly it seems like you almost I mean, like there were moments of frustration it. because right. it was not easy to get it made right, um, right. but i never ever could put it down i actually thought i would like die if i didn't make the film i like actually thought i wouldn't survive whoa are you kidding me <laughs> I, yeah it almost seems like you have like a, a like a spiritual connection i, I know i want to talk about the movie itself in a minute but but right now i'd love to just kind of hear because i think that one of the big things so i wrote a book actually about you know called why your idea won't slash will launch so it's my, 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 oh, my cool. book it's actually being printed it, it was supposed to be printed last summer but because of covid it couldn't be printed because the printing factory was closed down my printing factory is in India and so India like shut everything down and so they're printing it in December so I will be sure to give you a copy but um but one of the things that that I talk about in the book is like most people's ideas fail to launch primarily because and because they they don't believe oh yeah they don't themselves they don't believe in what they're doing and so I think like from this what's what's really kind of gets me from the from the get-go is that you really believed since the moment you went in that theater you knew you're supposed to make this there's almost like a spiritual connection it feels like between you and mary pickford oh yeah without a doubt do you feel that do you feel like a spiritual you mind talking a little bit more about that because i know you're kind of a deep deep person so i want to kind of like chew on that bone a little bit (laughs) 
yeah, I could like risk sounding really out there. Um, but definitely, I mean, she died three months before I was born. Whoa, really? Um, the same year, of course, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 1979. And we're like the same height with the same curls, with the same color eyes. And there was just like this immediate, like, I know you kind of feeling. Um, wow. Even her family says it, like, that they see it too her nieces and her family, you know? Wow, that's incredible. Um, and it's just symbolic. It's not to say I know what that connection is. It's just a very visible one. Yeah, there's, and, a, there's like a, a pass. It seems like there's a very clear passing of the torch. Like you were, I'm not saying you were born, not born for other things, but it seems like you were born to tell the story and you really know it. Yeah, and I felt like I discovered this like treasure and this like calling um, because the story hadn't been told. I mean, on the human plane and on the filmmaker plane, it's like, what the hell? How has this story not been told? Yeah, yeah. As a, yeah, as a spiritual being, it's like, oh wow, this was waiting for me. Like this- So cool. This had to be told this way because what I was able to channel from her was her artistry. Told and, and also like the legacy of it. The, the legacy of what she was doing, right? Tell me more about like that, how you feel about the legacy and, and, and like the things that she was about and how you're, how you're carrying that torch through the, through the film, but also beyond. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing with, the, with her as an artist. It's, it's like this sense of her feeling misunderstood because she was such a fierce and powerful businesswoman and she was the first woman to earn a million dollars in North America in a year. She was like running Hollywood. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Hollywood just to make a million bucks the first woman. Wow, that's amazing. Not inherited, like to earn a million dollars in a year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, and she was this badass negotiator and would look anybody in the eyes, even though she was like five feet, you know, she was like, <laughs> right. And she felt really misunderstood in certain ways that people perceived her to be greedy or, or about money or um, power. But what she was really advocating for was artists to have rights and artists to be able to support their families and freelance workers to be able to support their families and um, creative integrity. Like she really believed in experimenting with the medium and portraying different gender, ethnicity, you know, age, um, transcending your, again, persona, and, and stepping into the shoes of like people you would never necessarily socially interact with, you know, which is right. a big conversation today. Wow, um, yeah. And so United Artists and her advocacy had very much to do with the worthiness of art and the storytelling field hmm. and, and being able to, um, you know, preserve integrity within the process rather than just handing it over to the machine or the studio or the system. Um, and, and, and out of that was born United Artists. Exactly, exactly. So I feel the torch I'm carrying forward is this, ad, is this advocacy. Wow, that's fine. Is this advocacy for artists and, and the meeting of art and commerce, not the dumbing down of art for commerce, but the meeting of right, art right. And commerce, you know? 
did they um i'm just curious like when when united artists started was there like whether because that's a that's a whole movie studio that was for the artist by the artist mm-hmm. with that in mind and so she co-founded that movie studio and that's probably my get. I don't know. I mean, is that before Screen Actors Guild was really around to advocate? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, so this is the first real advocacy group, brand new studio that she co-founded for on behalf of the artist. That's a big deal. Yeah, and she didn't just co-found it. Like, she had the idea for it. And she wow. got her partners on board. It was Charlie Chaplin, Douglas Fairbanks, who became her husband, and D.W. Griffith, the director. It was the four of them that founded it. And it was her idea, and there's a scene in our movie where she's, like, convincing Chaplin, like, we have to do this. Like, this is our responsibility. Um, So she (laughs) rallied them to do it. He didn't want to own a company. He's like, fuck that. That's too much work. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Isn't that, like, I I love, okay, so so I told you this before, like, one of the reasons I love your film so much is that, um, and, and, and you and all you're doing is like kind of like all bundled together is that I'm a big fan of, of the Hollywood uh, golden era. And also, I, th- I feel like there's a lot of, you know, having been in Hollywood 20 years myself, you know, right out of college, I've, you know, I've been able to work on over a thousand movies and TV shows now. And um, I feel like I've seen, you know, different cycles of new people come in and out. And I think that which which I'm sure you have too, right? And so like the, but the thing is, is I feel like almost nobody really cares about who went before them or really thinks about it. It's pretty rare to find somebody who's like really trying to take the history tour of Hollywood. They're more taking the TMZ bus tour yeah. um, versus the old history like what's today versus what was it's kind of like does that make sense do you feel like that too i mean i feel like there's a lot of there's a lot to be discovered riches to be discovered in in these amazing people who went before and i think your movie is sort of like a passport back to 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 starting to understand some of that and i think that connecting what was you know the the old with the new generation of content creators i think is a incredible opportunity and i think your film really does that Thank you so much. Were you thinking about that a little bit? Like, is that kind of part of your motive as you've been going along or have you, you know? Yeah, like, remember, because I, and I, and I told you, I felt like I was a part of a, a religion, but I didn't know the root. Like, yes, I, I love that. The Hollywood cult, which is basically the globe. <laughs> I did not yeah. know that th- this, this is where it began. And it right. had such powerful roots and like, yeah, you know, real storytelling like people that were so excited about stories and passing along wisdom and yeah it's exciting well it's fascinating i think that there's like uh uh, uh, uh you know you call the hollywood cult i think is like kind of a funny saying, saying and I think there's some you know, there's some truth to it because it is sort of a members only club right it's like you have to to kind of be in the in the club it's like when i first moved out like and you realize there's several books there was one book gosh it was a oh man i have to think about the book someone gave me when i first came here because i didn't really have a context in hollywood but it's kind of like politics like like washington dc sort of an insider's community you know a little bit and so i think that there's like this kind of rite of passage um i feel like social media is kind of dismantling a little bit of that now because you can become a celebrity without having to go through the hollywood world right like we were talking about before you can become an icon you can become an icon without kissing the rings of the people in Hollywood now. And yeah. Have a lot of power, make a lot of money, and have a great career without having anything to do, you know, with Hollywood. I, I have a random, my son, so I've been a YouTube watcher um, ever since YouTube came out. So at nighttime, 
like really good back back like way back all the way back when I spent at night I just like you know watch YouTube at night and then you like you know that's like one of my kind of habits you know and I watched this guy I watched this guy who like you know content creator who does cars and I was never even a car guy I just kind of popped up and I discovered this guy in my algorithm and it kind of popped up and uh Doug DeMero is this guy and he's got like millions of followers I never even cared about car I wasn't really a car person I wasn't really like one that would ever watch a car but I just like this guy he's got great personality and just was like kind of like soothing watching this guy talk about cars and so I watched this guy listen like Carlsbad California He's got millions of followers. He's got a whole career. He's a he's a he's a media superstar. It's really funny. It's wow. like this nerdy dude in Carlsbad, California. Yeah. I know it's kind of weird. He's become an icon, so to speak, and you know, in in the media business, you know, in the social media business. Yeah, it's but. such a timing thing. It, it, it like makes me think of Andy Warhol. You know, it's just uh, yeah. Do you, do you think, like, what do you think about that? I'm just kind of curious about, like, kind of going back to the icon, like, I was talking about the guy Dogface, which uh, I think would be fun to uh, check him out, like, Dogface, who, you know, has this viral yeah. video with Ocean Spray. Um, this, you know, it's just really funny because he's become an icon, too. So you've got these, like, you know, I, whether they're 15 minutes of fame or they're going to be, like, extended or whatnot. I mean, like, you know, he's got, you know, millions of followers now. This guy's got, like, literally, like, 3 million followers on TikTok, I think, maybe more. He's got over a million on Instagram. You know, this guy's incredible. But I think, like, what do you think, uh, like, what do you think this day and age, um, kind of getting back to the, the uh, shifting from the movie a little bit back to humanizing the icon, like, what do you think is required to be an icon? If you've been, you can, you've been kind of studying the icon thing, right? And the humanizing part, but like, what is that? Yeah, that's such a good question. It's such a good question. Um, I really... <laughs> and it's just freestyle. There may not be a science behind I've it. I've gone more into this rabbit hole or paradigm. I find that I don't know any, like, there's nothing I can put my finger on, like, about even what icon really is. Because all I can no, sort of, no, 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 no formula to speak. Well, it depends on how you're defining the word. If you're like, right. how, how do you become super famous? Like, or right. how do you have a legacy? Or is it just, how do you become an icon? Just all my mind says is we're all icons. Like, you can only see that which you are like is the hu the human is is kind of the icon so it's like what are we idolizing it's more like yeah, yeah. are the are these qualities in people really iconic and i i don't i don't really know what it is anymore that's a great i, I think it's a yeah and, and and by the way i wasn't trying to put you in the on the spot about no, like, I like the question i like i don't mind but I no i think it's i think it's a great question i don't know the answer to that either but i'll, I'll speak from like a branding perspective one of the things like how do you become like cemented in the zeitgeist like i, I like like ocean spray or andy warhol what is the, what is the real definition of an icon yeah yeah I mean, yeah. according did you, did you to the theory, it's like image, right? Which is everything because life is a projection, so to speak. So it's like right, everything right. is icon, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a really great, that's a, that's a good And is the icon right. even really the person? Like if you take someone like Lady Gaga or whatever. Right. Is Lady Gaga the icon, but not, not the human? 
Well, and then and, and then like is Lady Gaga the brand? But the, yeah, like you're saying, but the human being. And then how much of the human being do we really know? Back to your point of humanizing the icon, like how much of Lady Gaga do we really know about? I feel like I never really knew much about. I've always loved Lady Gaga. That she was like fantastic artist. And when even early on, I was watching her and I was like, this girl is talented, man. Holy schmoly! You know this. this she, she's 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 ama- an amazing talent. Like her diversity. A lot of her just all icons. Yeah. That's a great, no, I, I love like, I, I know you're talking from a branding perspective, so it's like, it's, oh, a, I love it's a different, oh, bad, sorry. It's a, the, the branding well, perspective is an interesting lens, actually, I have to shift gears a little bit, you know? Right, and I, and I it's funny, because we're coming, and I think that, how do you go viral? I feel like if you have a, if you're talking from, you know, we have the word icon, right, and then you're talking about humanizing the icon, and I'm talking about I'm talking more about the brand side, right? Of, yeah, of the so like COVID. COVID is iconic and COVID is a brand. Right. And COVID's going to go down in history. Yes. And COVID is a virus and you talk about going viral. It's yep. like, how does that work? You tell me. Like from your perspective through that lens. How do you become from, an icon? From a, from a branding lens, you know, when we when we think about something that's iconic, obviously, I think that iconic, from, again, from a branding perspective, is sort of like an earned status. You know, it's like someone who, someone or something that has been a brand that's been elevated and elevated and elevated over time that it's become sort of like an iconic brand, right? So I'd say like one that's been around and stood the test of time and has done something awesome to stay in the zeitgeist over and over and over again. Again, I'm speaking just from a branding perspective. Um, And I think that like, you know, you, we talked about sort of like flashing the pans or kind of like, you know, flavor of the week type type things. Can you make something iconic? Can you help? Absolutely. I think that, 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 that would be, you know, sort of like a consistent, approach to a brand being super relevant over a long period of time that's what i would think that that would be a a kind of viral brand answer for that um and i think that join forces (laughs) (laughs) my my perception so like that no i think no i think it's a great perspective because you're coming from a more humanizing human and then i'm coming from a little bit more from the 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 branding side but, what, but i but, think that but, brands yeah. you know have to, to have to be really... oh yeah you break oh. up that's why i jump in it's the sound oh sorry yeah it's like the little moment little moments yeah. between yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. yeah oh no i was just saying say like so so for to, to create a brand right i always tell when when i'm working on branding so i spent five years in brand strategy at the walt disney company and got my mba and you know, studied branding, you know, a lot. And so like one of the things I say, and been doing it for a long time, and I'd say like one of my first things is that I tell people that, you know, when you are developing a brand, you need to think about one word that you want to own in people's mind. So for instance, let's think about like, what is that word that you want to be about? If Rick Shermer had to be about a word, I had to pick a word. What, what word do I want to own in people's mind? See, and this, plays, this plays into this idea of like the quality that's iconic rather than the- yeah I, you know i think so too but i think even like the birth of a brand though you kind of start to have to focus on the thing that like you want empathy, to be about like empathy or right colorful or yeah absolutely i think whatever that thing is you want people to be about like for me on the professional level 
you know, I think that I want people, what's the word I want people to come to mind when they think about Rick, it's viral, right? Because that's my thing. That's what I love, love talking about. So professionally speaking, when they think about Rick, they think about viral, they think about viral, they think about Rick. So I just decided to own that word, right? So my old company was called Partners Hub. I had DBA West, uh, Motive Marketing in my career. So it's like, in my career, I've had these different brands. And then I, you know, have evolved to just owning my word, which is viral. So my company is now called Viral Brand. So I would just challenge people, you know, audiences to always think about like, what's the word they want to own? So then if you own a word in people's minds, what happens is then you once you own that word in people's minds, then you can start to be known for a thing, right? You start to become known for a thing. And then if you're consistent in your approach to being, knowing, being known about that thing over a period of time, and you keep on doing something over and over and over again, then that's when you become iconic, so to speak, as a brand, right? That's kind of from my perspective. So when you think of like Warner Brothers, you know, a brand like Warner Brothers, they're iconic. Absolutely. It's, a Warner, it's an iconic brand. They've been doing amazing movies over you know, a very long period of time. Same with most of the big studios, right? Universal, Lionsgate is starting to become in that in that stage that they're a new, new player, relatively new player as a mini major, but then you've got, you know, um, Universal and you've got, but the, the brands are on their way to becoming iconic. And so know? we're working to make Mary Pickford iconic again. Well, you're almost like, I mean, she's absolutely iconic. She's just she like, is, almost like, we're like re, rebirthing her image. Yeah. Because again, she felt misunderstood, right? Like she absolutely. was iconic as like a pioneer, but she actually wants to be iconic for art you know and and love like she literally wrote a book about love yeah incredible you know? incredible i think and i think a lot of people don't even know that and no, she, she, you're almost like you're dusting off the icon because for her she was already iconic but you're you're sort of like helping her get the icon see she's like this treasure that was in a chest yeah. that you found in an attic and you're like sort of like wow i found this like amazing like it's like goonies remember when they in the goonies and then they found like the, uh, which my wife's never seen, by the way. It's like, I'm a tail end Gen Xer and she's a Gen, she's a Gen Z and like a millennial Gen Z girl. And so, so we're like a little, little apart in our age, our age gap, but she's not seen the Goonies yet. I'm like, are you, are you seen the Goonies? Um, but remember they find that map and the treasure and Chester Copperpot and the whole thing. And it was like beautiful. They get, there's all these riches to be discovered about about Pickford. And I think about that whole era. I mean, like you're yeah. telling the stories about Chaplin and, like you know, artists found it's like oh my gosh it's so incredible so yeah there she is an icon she's just getting rediscovered and, and we're making helping her th those riches be discovered to a new generation yeah it's all it's, it's the values it's really the constitution i feel like it's it's she just she represents these certain values that i think are are needed and exciting you know what, what values like when you think about pickford like what are those things that 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 you the, the values you think that people would I mean, discover. all the things like her her uh, again advocacy for art I think art is the heartbeat of humanity and, and it needs to be you know honored so I think that's a core value I think her uh, transcending age ethnicity and gender and the roles she played is like a core value I think um, choosing love or raising that question is like a core value, especially as we're in this like fear-based era, yeah. you know? Yeah. United artists just in and of itself is a core value. Um, and she, her whole book about love is about the power of, of what she calls really? right thinking, which is like your thoughts are what create your reality. 
And so this idea of we're actually all artists because we have our own unique perception and our own unique way of like responding in the world. And you actually get to decide how you react, how you behave, how you see things. And yeah, so you're yeah. a creator in every second. And to me, that's just so empowering. Um, and also important because we can be just easily programmed and and not really understanding our our worth and our and our, our yeah our value. Um, how was that? How was that book? Was that book awesome? It's a pamphlet, and um, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's awesome. It sounds good. Can you download it? Can I find it? Yeah, somewhere? yeah. It's actually, it's actually called. It's actually called Why Not Try God. Um, oh, wow. So I change it to why not choose love because she speaks of God. She uses that word um, as universal love. Like she's not talking about it in a religious uh, context. So it. yeah, it's, but it's Christian or Jewish or like what was her background or Muslim? No, she, she explored a lot. She was like a real um, free spirit. Like she, oh wow. She hung with Buddhists, she hung with Albert Einstein, she hung with Yogananda, she what? was like meditating, she liked Christian science, she was like, Gosh. at the core of it, like what's at the core of all of it? Love. And yeah, that's yeah. what she discovered, you know, so. And most people would like that, I think from different religions that I know across the board, and I know a lot of people would say God is love. So I think yeah. that like. On, on the highest level, when you yeah. get beyond the narratives and beyond the institution, you just get to this really pure message, which is which right. Is yeah. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's really crazy too. I'm having a freestyle conversation, which is fun, and I, I love nonlinear freestyle conversations. <laughs> so that's 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 the way I like to roll my podcast. And then, in fact, I love that you also do the same thing. But I think this. But by, by the way, one of my favorite podcasts, which is probably pretty much everybody in the free world's favorite podcast, is Joe Joe Rogan, because yeah. like he's just he freestyle talks about all sorts of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just like it's cool, and he has cool people on this podcast. Yeah, and they have all different uh flavors and they they just kind of freestyle talk although they usually sit in the same room, room and smoke weed <laughs> i don't know if you've ever watched yeah. this podcast so i don't do that but <laughs> but, but i love it i love a freestyle conversation so it's really fun um but i think that you know kind of centered around a topic and i think like you know i think as a branding person just the icon is is just a really i think it's the ultimate brand you know I think an icon ooh, from myself, ooh, from my let's, perspective, let's, let's is, talk about that. is an ultimate, is the ultimate brand, you let's know? Let's talk about that. Yeah. Like, so, off, so offline, like icon, because, yeah. I think it really is, right? It's just a brand that's so I mean, badass. I think, we, I think this might be a breakthrough. I think we just might have had a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. No, icon, like, as the ultimate brand, just. Well, it, it kind of is. Okay, let's think about this. Okay, my first job was for the Walt Disney Company. That's an iconic brand, uh-huh. right? Mickey Mouse, you know, Walt. So I, I was super lucky. I don't even know how, I don't think I even realized how lucky I was when, when, I, when I was at the beginning of my career because in 2000, sorry, in uh, 1998, when I started my career, I had uh, got to work for people who actually worked for Walt. So like, actually, I got to be trained by people who were trained by Walt himself. And like, I don't even, and then Roy Disney Jr. was was one of my bosses. I got to work to report to Roy Disney Jr. 
like you so i mean like really cool <laughs> really cool i remember like first time to go to Royal disney's office to get an approval on something um and uh which is a whole other story but i mean like i'm just thinking like i'm like 22 years old you know <laughs> going like whoa this is crazy but i think looking back i think i've appreciated that more and more over time um but mickey mouse is an absolute icon right yeah the Cinderella castle, even this Nikon that we watch. So like, what are like those, those brands that you, when you think about Nikon, Hollywood or even beyond, like the, what do you think about normally? Jesus. Yep. Like, Great branding. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the best things I ever heard in my life. I never even thought about those. Talk about legacy. No um, doubt. No doubt. Yeah, and then Barbie. Like, I always, like, Jesus and Barbie for some reason. Like, really. That is amazing. A great match. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh, my gosh. That's my favorite favorite thing I heard all week, maybe all year. I don't know. Yeah, and I just, like, I love, and that's why Pickford was so inspiring, too, because it's, like, this birth of the new icon, you know, this this cinematic, like, larger-than-life, um, it was like a new born icon, you know? And yeah, that's why I get excited about what you said. Like icon is the ultimate brand. Like how, how do you even have a campaign around that? You know, just right. icon as the ultimate brand. I mean, that's just food for thought. I think that you, I think what like my, my, and maybe I didn't even really think of it that much before, you know, meeting you. And I did that. I love that you got me thinking about this, but I think that, an icon is sort of like the ultimate brand. And I think that, I think that in order to achieve that status, I think the biggest thing is just relevancy and time. Mm-hmm. I think if you can make your brand relevant over time, like you know, she's got an iconic brand. I mean, she's made herself relevant over and over and over again, over time where she's not just, was not like a, a you, you could take like something back in the eighties. Okay. Like a, a, a band like the Bangles. You remember like the Bengals back in like the like the eighties or whatever? They were they were huge, right? But not iconic because they didn't really stand the test of time. They kind of came and went. And then like you can think of a lot of other people too, right? But Madonna always kept reinventing, always kept her brand relevant over a very long stretch of period of time. And I think for me, that's when you start to become iconic. And then also like you're also um um you know doing making your brand relevant through different generations and so um uh i do a lot of marketing for chick-fil-a i think you've probably looked at my website or i've ever talked about that but um i've been working with them over a decade now and um and i'd say like one of the the ceo chick-fil-a probably about a decade ago asked me if i thought that chick-fil-a was a, a a brand a lifestyle brand and so the question was, is Chick-fil-A a lifestyle brand? And that's the question I asked. And then he actually asked that of me and five other, five other agencies that they work with. And they had us all come in and present to a group of about 100 executives. And so I actually, and they wanted us to compare to another brand. And so I compared them to Disney, Chick-fil-A and Disney, two of my clients and brands I love. Um, and so we went through and I said like, hey, what, was, what I think Chick-fil-A is, and I think what Disney definitely is, is a brand for life. Because in a brand that you would, Disney is one that transfers from generation to generation. Because when you go to Disney World, you actually want to tell 
your kid, you want, you want your kids to come experience the same thing. Yeah. So, so immediately when I had my son Jude five months ago, what do I do? I, I, said, like, I have to show him a movie daddy worked on, Toy Story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kind of fun, you know, like them yeah. discover and see the Cinderella cast. It's like, oh my gosh, it make it, like on the movie, like, it comes out and it makes me so excited that I like, help him, re I get to re-experience things with him that I also experienced when I was a kid too, like Mickey Mouse and other things. And it's just like, I think those brands that, I think the iconic brands just are brands that keep on being relevant. And I think that Mary Pickford, already was but i think that she's kind of been a little forgotten yeah, now you're that. sort of she's bringing her that. back yeah. to relevance and dusting it off and it's like almost like your personal um uh god-given mission in life yes yeah, it's, it's <laughs> i mean you know i meet people i really i meet people that i know are so passionate that they have that they are literally just on a mission from god because yeah. like you could you could just tell they know it and it's in their blood they were born for this you know what I mean yeah. and like I think when I when I when I look at you I know that you were born for this and I'm like whoa <laughs> those are fires yeah it's a mountain um. <laughs> awesome well, see, I think whenever somebody's really passionate about a topic or passionate about something it always like makes me excited you know what I mean because I'm always like ooh because I just love did you ever see um um uh. There's a uh, Hero Dreams of Sushi. Have you heard of this? Yeah, Dr. I didn't Remember see that? this thing. It's beautiful though, right? Oh, this guy like literally is just so passionate about sushi. He's like amazing. He's like yeah. this thing that he's so passionate about. And I think that anytime I ever meet somebody who's like literally born for something, it totally like transfixes me. I'm just yeah. like, wow. So, but you're, but you're on that level. So congratulations. You're like, like, it's cool watching you just like fly. And I got to tell you, when you watch the movie, I don't want to tell, tell, I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it currently but when you watch the film um you know it really i mean it grabs you from minute one and i have to screen a lot of movies because i work in a lot of movies so i have to like watch movies for a job which yeah. by the way can i tell you real fast the first time ever, ever in my life had like a, a moment where i was like i got to go uh i remember my, when i was at disney first started i went to a screening room at 10 o'clock in the morning uh -huh. and to go to watch a movie and as it was like part of my job I was like wait hold on a second are you kidding me I get to go <laughs> I get to go watch a movie at 10 o'clock in the morning for work yeah. <laughs> that was like the, that was the most yeah what's that that's what you do I know that was so funny to watch movies for work. I was like, this is a joke. This is crazy. But the one thing I didn't, I, okay, sorry, last little caveat on that. The one thing I didn't like though was knowing I was going to see movies all the time and there's no popcorn and Coke. Cause like, like, I'm like, wait, where's the popcorn and Coke? This is like just an incomplete experience. Other, other iconic things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is really cool. Like I, I'm inspired to go on so many other I'm inspired to go in so many other directions too with you. I can't wait to talk more. I know, I know. We'll have to do. We'll do a, a part, a part two on this. I, I love. I think that you, you really. I think you're right. Like one of the things that really kind of popped in this conversation for me is the whole concept of an icon being the ultimate brand. Yes. I don't think I'd really thought of it that way before, but I absolutely love it, and I'm looking forward to also sharing this whole thing with my audience. Yes. Um, and that's gonna be that's gonna be great. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, and, and what a blast.
And Chelio is going to tell us about his drawing. Ooh, Chelio, tell us. Yes. It's so beautiful. Sorry. It's I can't okay. see it, but I'm excited oh. to see it. Okay. Okay. Uh, wow. Okay. Then, uh, today is very interesting uh, uh, discussion because the energy uh, I feel and then I catch today is, uh, uh, you see, uh, we have a, a, a basement. Wait a second. Uh, uh, okay. We have uh, the base and the free space. Um, we have a woman with grandma inside. Oh, it's cool. like the uh, energy can pass the person in person. The, the mm, uh, DNA is coming from past people. Wow. And we have uh, kids. We have a man, and we have some darkness. Um, I my view today is like uh, uh, what I what I read in my work because I I don't know when when I, when I working because I'm so fast and then the energy filter on my font and pen and then it's coming this, but in simple word is uh, like a, a break free from the rigid rules on the, of the past. Like uh, we have a, a woman and the man is a separate for the kids. The kids is the new generation and watch for something freedom. A woman is complex in the floor, in the ground. And then the man is in the cage, uh -huh. and uh, we need the freedom. We think we are freedom, but we are not. Something is uh, is uh, very hard for this generation for this time. And then I, I understand icons sometimes is not in the right place. We have to coming back and think about uh, our gift. We have uh, freedom, we need to uh, change. We need a new uh, renaissance because people is complex in the floor. This is the ground, yes. this is the green. People is complex but have leaves and the leaves is like, I want to blooming. This the eye is like Uric, is the eye and want to go in the freedom place. This is a man is in the cage, but the head is outside. Want to be freedom. But somebody don't like it. Somebody is uh, not very interested about and then watching from outside. I don't know why this is coming. But this is, is a dark figure, this uh, uh, don't want, because like to press in the floor. Um, and yeah. then uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be, 
I don't know, art is a freedom, life is a freedom. We have a compression from somewhere, but a people want a new renaissance. This is from grandmother and the daughter, the kids of new generation and the man. So crazy. Uh, this is my wow. view. This is beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I, you know, when I look at the woman on the, on the, the left, Jennifer, I think of you and Mary Pickford. Wow. Oh. I thought of that too, actually. Wow. That's so cool. And I love this, like, I as soon as I think is trying to like rise from the, from the yes. underworld almost, you know? Yes. And, and, and like transition, like the people, the next generation to a freedom of expression and a freedom. And then that darkness on the, on the far right is like kind of pushing her down. And I think that one thing that, 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 that I've noticed, notice just like being like not here in particular but like just generally speaking is anytime someone tries to rise up at their branding and sort of be sort of like who they are and what they're meant to be so to speak and that's what I mean by when I say like find a word that you want to be about like what's the thing what's the thing that you're about that God created you for that you what's like, my word Rick your purposes in the universe you know what I mean I you know it's, it's a good, good question I will tell you though I'll spend a little bit more time with you and tell you but I know for sure like when it comes to to Pickford, I mean, I, I know the words that come to mind for you is like love and also Pickford and thinking about that. I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely latch onto that and find that out. But um, I think that, cause that's, I'm always fascinated by that. But what happens is that you've got uh, uh Chilio back. I'd say like what I, what I think about with that darkness is people don't like, it's really hard for people, they call them haters, right? Trolls in the social media world and online, they're trolls. And what they do is they, 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 there's a darkness that's out there that doesn't want people to come into full bloom with the leaf that you're talking about. This is a leaf, like people don't want to see other people come to full bloom because, um, you know, I, I, we have my wife and I have a, a, a definition for haters. We call them people with unfulfilled potential. Uh -huh. People who are haters. Are people with unfulfilled potential and they're angry and they lash out on other people and try to push them down they don't try to push them down because they're actually really the, the, the funny thing is is they're not really mad at the person they're trying to push down they're mad at themselves because sure. they've not tried yeah. they're mad at themselves for not finding their own potential and they project it on other people in terms of them being a, by being a hater they're in their mom mom's basement you know trolling on social media and like you know, saying inappropriate things to people and just being haters that way or whatever it is. But we've all experienced the haters, right? We've all experienced that darkness yeah. that Chelio is talking about. And I think that that's the challenge for us to just have our own brands. And like, like you said, Jennifer, I think it was really beautiful is that we're all iconic in our own ways. Let's skip over the, the branding conversation. I think that everybody, it's like more like, hey, you've got time. You've got the time that you're here for in, in the world. And that's going to be, you know, 80 years, 100 years, 50 years, you know, 150 years, whatever it is, you know, that's a lot, that's a lot of time. Figure out what you're about. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's iconic in its own right. That's beautiful. Well said. So, Julie, that's beautiful. I love that painting. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's really just like, whoa. And he, does it all with, he does it all with a pen. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, not only was the art incredible, but I think you're, you're, you understanding and being able to interpret that art, you know, in, in terms of what it meant for you and then being able to kind of chew on that in this conversation and, and process what that 
what that meant for me too is really cool it's very neat <laughs> yeah. thank you thank you it's a gift thank you and then i yeah. share this is great you guys yeah thank you so jennifer you're so great i absolutely love both you guys and honored to be here with both you guys and look forward to this being the first of many conversations right. and maybe many podcasts too yes yes thank you so much i'm gonna go off of facebook live <laughs> okay cool thanks guys Thank you. Bye.